0: Hello again and welcome back to daily devotions with north clay baptist church my name is pastor drew and i'm very excited to be walking through another book of the bible with you and this time we're going to be walking through the book of james now the name of this book is taken from its author james the brother of jesus we learned from elsewhere in scripture that james was skeptical of his brother during his earthly ministry uh, however following the resurrection james ended up becoming a leader within the church at jerusalem and he is often regarded as one of the pillars of the church along with peter and john now james addresses this letter to the 12 tribes in the dispersion which is a reference to both, both jewish and gentile christians who were scattered outside of israel that being the case it is likely that james intended this letter to be circulated and read by the churches spread throughout asia minor Now the primary focus of his letter is the nature of true faith as bearing the fruits of good works. While James makes it clear that we are not saved by our good works, he emphasizes the fact fact that good works are the necessary and inevitable demonstration of true faith being worked out in the life of the believer. Scripture tells us that uh, that we will know a tree by its fruits and we saw in the book of Galatians that the works of the flesh are evident and they were contrasted by the fruits of the Spirit. So uh, often when people look at the book of James they uh, almost create this artificial tension between uh, the words of James and the words of Paul. But once we really dig into this book we see that James is not actually contradicting Paul. Uh, Rather he is focusing on the inescapable fact that the indwelling of the Holy Spirit necessarily produces fruit in the life of the believer, namely, the good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So in chapter 1, James begins by telling his readers to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James explains that the trials of this life are intended by God to produce steadfastness in us. And that though trial may be difficult, we can rejoice in the work God is doing to further conform us to the image of His Son, Jesus. He then goes on to highlight the difference between merely hearing the word and doing the word. As Christians, we recognize that Jesus came to redeem our whole being, both body and soul. And he did not come to simply bring about a spiritual salvation that was disconnected from our physical bodies. Uh, So this spiritual work of redemption accomplished by the Lord Jesus uh, will inevitably work itself out through our physical actions. This is similar to what Paul explained to us in the book of Galatians, as we just mentioned. When Paul highlighted the distinction between the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Spirit, he was making clear that the Spirit inevitably produces fruit in our lives. And James is picking up on this theme by exhorting us, his readers, to be doers of the word, engaging in those good works which God prepared beforehand. Then in chapter 2, James warns against the sin of partiality. He tells his readers in verses 8-10, through If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. We see that if we consider ourselves righteous, Yet, we dishonor Christ by dishonoring those who are part of his body. We are actually guilty of the whole law. James then moves on to explaining the nature of true faith by asking this question. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? So, hypothetically speaking, if someone has a faith that did not work itself out in their life, through good works, would that be a saving faith? The prophet Ezekiel saw in his vision that God was going to put His Spirit within us, and He was going to cause us to walk in His statutes and be careful to obey His rules. The inevitable outworking of God's Spirit being put within us is that we would walk in His statutes and be careful to obey His rules. So this is the question that James is asking. If we do not walk, in His statutes, and we are not careful to obey His law, do we truly possess God's Spirit? If we are not walking in the good works which God prepared beforehand for us, have we really been made alive together with Christ? If we are not producing good works, do we truly have faith? He concludes this chapter by stating, For as the body apart from the Spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. If we are not bearing the fruits of the Spirit, we are right to question the genuineness of our faith. And then in chapter 3, James explains the dangerous power of the tongue. He says in verses 7 through 10, For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue it is a restless evil full of deadly poison with it we bless our lord and father and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of god from the same mouth come blessing and cursing my brothers these things ought not be so james is pointing out what jesus said in matthew 12 34 in his indictment of the pharisees jesus said for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks If the overflow of our hearts lead to cursing those who are made in the image of God, we need to examine ourselves to see what is truly in our hearts. If we presume that we are in the Spirit and yet we are bearing fruits in accordance with the flesh, we need to honestly contend with whether or not we are truly saved. While we will never be freed from the presence of sin until glory, We need to remember the words of A.W. Pink, who said, "...it is not the absence of sin, but the grieving over it, that distinguishes the child of God from empty professors." Similarly, Thomas Chalmers said, "...true holiness in this life is but quick repenting." As we work to bridle our tongues by the power of the Holy Spirit, let us constantly examine ourselves and the fruits of our lives. And let us be quick to repent of sin, wholly trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ upon the cross.